Busy Birds. Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know women on average earn less than men in nearly every single occupation for which there is sufficient earning data for both men and women to calculate earning ratios? Our guest today is an award-winning visionary thought leader and strategist, as well as the founder and patron of Embody. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Dr. Martin Blake. Well, thank you. And thank you, um, Mariska, for inviting me to participate in your wonderful podcast. And it was a pleasure meeting you the other day in Dubai. (laughs) You're most welcome. So Martin, would you be able to tell us how your sustainable journey actually started? Well, I suppose it was by virtue of the degree course that I followed first. My first academic qualification was in preventive medicine and public health. And as part of that, the environmental aspect of public health and preventive medicine featured significantly. So waste treatment, air pollution, water pollution, and safe food was part of my initial training. That led into how I then pursued my professional career with my first big job, I suppose, being in preventive medicine. Very interesting. With that then leading to all the other stuff that you are doing, I mean, we can sit here and talk for hours already on what you've done previously. But one of the other things that kind of stood out for me is that you are the founder and the patron of Embody, and I hope I'm saying that correctly. Can you tell us a little bit more about this project? I'll refer back to the past a little bit because it's relevant to where we are now. So the first job I had of any significance when I left university was I actually got a job in the UAE. And I worked between Abu Dhabi and Dubai, and I was based at Tawam Hospital in Alain. When I was there, my PA was a very wonderful Sri Lankan woman called Tekla Rodrigo. And about two years ago, I met Tekla again after many years, and I met her in Colombo in Sri Lanka, and she told me about the work she was still doing. And she was doing it when I knew her 38 years ago. She was still trying to help disadvantaged women, but didn't have the resources to do it. So we made a decision that I would set up with her a foundation and that it would enable her to help disadvantaged women in Sri Lanka and raise them out of vulnerability and poverty and give them freedom, liberty, self-respect, self-empowerment, and of course, a degree of prosperity for them and their family. 
That's a wonderful start from it. And I mean, when people look at women in general, you know, it's something that's really sad for me because there's so many women out there that's kind of not free to choose their own paths. They're like in this situation where they are either in poverty, they're living in fear, sometimes even abuse and exploitation. And they just kind of need to make the best with the situations that they are given. So um, for a company or project like what you guys are doing with Embody, it's really, really improving these people's life dramatically. Absolutely. And over the course of history, women have, of course, been persecuted. I'm going to use a, a very strong word there. They have been persecuted. And even today in many countries, and you know what I'm talking about, women are treated as second class citizens and the misogyny that is present in many countries and the way that women are abused and in some countries trafficked and used as slaves is clearly unacceptable and needs to be combated. So one of the underlying principles of the Embody Foundation is to help women that are vulnerable and at risk. And in doing so, Mariska, there is a multiplier effect because it's been empirically proven that if you give opportunities and prosperity to women, they will reinvest a much higher percentage of that abundance into their family and their community than a man would. So it's a very good thing to do, is to help free and liberate and empower women in society where they are at risk. So what are some of the things that like, we can do in our own community to kind of support these women? We have to look at the situation in terms of wealth distribution and when you say we, it would depend where we are geographically located. If, like me and you, we are located in countries which are fairly prosperous, then I think what we can do is help redistribute some wealth. And not by any stretch of the imagination do I subscribe to pure philanthropy and giving money. In fact, we don't do that at all. What we do is we create social enterprises that enable women in developing countries to create their own destiny and to be liberated and to be free so that they can become autonomous and they then employ themselves and all they need is a good helping hand to do so. So what can we do coming from a affluent society that is, we can volunteer to help organizations such as Embody. We can get involved through fundraising. We can do such as Ian Hamilton at Pure Circle has recently done and sponsor a project in Vietnam to save the potential victims of the sex trafficking industry. Very commendable. You know, good on Ian and good on Pure Circle for seeing the social need, responding to it as a commercial entity, putting something back into society. 
And what exactly is that project that you mentioned with Peer Circle? Okay, well, different countries have different problems. So let's start with Sri Lanka, which is not where Pure Circle invested, but that project is around simple rural deprivation. And what we needed to do there was to help the women be able to earn a respectable living by being self-employed and to give them a start. So we invested in building a workroom for them and putting in sewing machines and then arranging with a local fabric and textile factory that they could do the piecework on a fixed rate basis, working from a remote village in the mountains. Now, we've been very successful in that, and that has resulted in 50 women being employed in a small village. And the impact on that village is so profound. The impact on the women is so profound. So that's one of the things we've done in Sri Lanka, where rural deprivation is just quite simple. Now, turning to Vietnam, it's actually more complicated because Vietnam is proximate to the Chinese border. And China has a one-child policy and has done for many, many years. Part of the problem is that China has, for over many years, the women have aborted female fetuses in favor of wanting to deliver sons. So there's actually become a shift in the demographics, and there simply are not enough women in some areas of China to match the men. So that has created a demand to abduct, to deceive, and traffic women from Laos, Cambodia, Myanmar, and Vietnam across the border into China, where they are either enslaved, used in the sex trafficking industry, and pushed into brothels, or forcibly married against their will. So Vietnam is a, is a very different uh, problem facing the women at risk, and therefore it requires a different approach. But the project is to do with actually combating single-use plastics, and we're hoping to do that in conjunction with organizations in the UAE. That's a shocking thing. I didn't realize that, you know, in that area that that is really going on there. Um, so, yeah, it's great that you guys are actually highlighting that, but also that you are doing something about it. So if you want to, maybe just, I'm sure there's so many crazy birds that's like thinking, what is this project in the UAE? So if you can maybe just tell us a little bit more, because I know it's about the like drinking straws that you guys obviously replaced with a real compostable item, not something that people say is compostable, but it's not really. So yeah, if you can maybe just tell us quickly about that, that would be amazing. So when I was over in the UAE and we did our panel at Piersheik and we were considering the problems of single-use plastics and in particular, single-use plastics used in the hospitality industry, one of the things that sprung to mind was the abhorrent use of plastic drinking straws and the fact that these really are a very short-used item, but that once used, 
they're almost indestructible and they stay in the environment for a long time. And I'm talking hundreds of years, not months. It was interesting that in Vietnam, there is a particular species of grass that is quite large. And when cut, it can be used as a natural drinking straw. And it also is a natural indigenous plant that encourages wildlife in the areas in which it's grown. So it's not, for example, a monoculture crop that is being introduced into areas. It grows in marginal wetland and provides habitat for birds, amphibians, insects, all sorts of flora and fauna. But actually, when harvested, it creates this wonderful substitute for a plastic drinking straw. And of course, it enables us then to employ women in the production, processing and sale of this as an item to replace plastic straws. So what I'm hoping we can do jointly is create the market in the UAE, perhaps through the individuals we met on our panel, and see how we can support the women in the project in Vietnam by providing substitutes for plastic drinking straws into hotels and restaurants in the UAE. Wow, that's a really great project. And I mean, it's a, it's a win-win for the women and obviously for the environment as well, because that is obviously a natural material that can easily go into any compost pile afterwards and it can actually be composted. So yeah, so thanks for starting that initiative. And yes, I'm really looking forward to seeing those actual grass drinking straws when you know you go to some of the mainstream places instead of stuff that say it can be composted, but it can't. And just going back to some of the stuff that you guys do, you're obviously helping a lot of women, but you also have like the core of Embody is based around four of the sustainable development goals that you're trying really hard to meet. And when we just look at the statistics, like one in 10 people in developing countries are actually living below $1.9 a day, which is really, really low considering all of the expenses that that you would have. So how are you guys helping these women? So, you know, to create a better living for themselves? Well, the two projects we've just talked about, let's start with the one in, in Sri Lanka. What we wanted to do was not actually help these ladies create their own millstone around their neck by selling their produce at exploitative rates. What we said is, is that this is a social project. It has great social meaning and impact, and we will not sell their produce at the rates that can be done by irresponsible sweatshops. And fortunately, there are now manufacturers and brands that want, if you like, fair trade type approaches to garment manufacture and fabric and textiles. The ladies are able to work in a very pleasant environment. It's actually part of a Buddhist 
temple. So as Buddhists, it's very calming and tranquil. It's overseen by the monk of that particular village temple, and they feel protected. They feel safe. They determine themselves how much work they will do, and they are paid a fixed rate, and that rate provides them with a individual income that far exceeds the $190 a day. It's actually a very competitive individual salary for each of them. And as I said, if you aggregate that across the village and think that you've suddenly got 50 additional breadwinners in a village where they were operating pretty much on subsistence, it's a a really significant and profound impact. And so currently, Embody is, is operating in Sri Lanka, Vietnam, and India. How many women have benefited to date from this project since it started? You know, I'm not going to exaggerate things by any stretch of the imagination. We are a fledgling organization. We've only been going just over a year and a half from inception. Our first major project was the Sri Lankan one, and that's impacted the lives of 50 women. And the initial investment came from philanthropic donors. And now that that has been done, it doesn't really require that particular project to have any further injection of money. Nobody owns it. It's owned by the community. And Embody gifted the machines to the project and we paid for the construction work and the utilities to enable them to work. Now they're autonomous. The enterprise is self-fulfilling. They've now set up their own bank account. They've set up their own brand under Embody. And what we can do now is that we have proof of concept is we'd like to go to another village. We'd like to do the same in a nearby, or it doesn't even have to be nearby, but in a village where the same sort of problems can be addressed and we can have a similar form of impact for the type of investment that we've just used in this current village. So Martin, how can we actually help and be part of this project? Like whether it is giving physical money or actually getting our hands dirty? Both. We have a list of volunteers and different people volunteer different things. So, for example, we need things like laptops, iPhones, sponsorship for some things. So, for example, Pure Circle are sponsoring the legal setup and the structure for Vietnam. And they put the initial deposit into the bank account, which was a legal requirement that we can now spend on developing the drinking straw project in Vietnam. So what you guys could do is create, for example, some demand. My job is to go to Vietnam and work with the ladies to develop the supply side. Then there's going to be the issues around how do we ship it? How do we sell it in Dubai? So at that end, we're going to need people to help and you know, a lot of that help is going to need to be pro bono because we're a charitable foundation and we don't have big money to market or to sell. So we need support. So certainly philanthropy is much needed. We handle 
our philanthropic donations in a very transparent way. We have a, a rule, it's part of our ethos, that if somebody donates money to Embody, 90% of it will reach women in rural locations or urban locations in the case of places like India, but 90% of it will reach the women that it's needed to help. If somebody wants to sponsor something like, for example, the legal setup of a, another jurisdiction, then that money is ring-fenced for that alone. But if, if you have people who would wish to donate money, then that's done through Singapore. So we've made sure there is no leakage or losses in terms of the donations, which is why we have a Singapore headquarters which is regulated under Singapore law. Our bank account is under Singapore law. That's led by a very wonderful lady who many of you will know, Jessica Chiam. And Jessica runs Eco Business, which is one of the largest online environmental portals in Asia and the Middle East. So if you check out Eco Business, you'll find Jessica. And she is the director of Embody Singapore. And we're very transparent about how funds are taken and how they are handled and then dispersed to either Sri Lanka, Vietnam or India. Well, now we at least know and have some clarity about that. Martin, what has been one of your most important decisions that you have made around Mama Earth? Oh, well, around Mother Earth, it would have been when I was appointed as the Director of Sustainability for the British Royal Mail. And we decided that we would, as part of our corporate social responsibility, make impacts into our environmental footprint. And it became the most successful energy reduction conservation scheme in Europe. So we saved literally millions and millions of dollars worth of electricity, diesel and natural gas. And it was a win-win scenario for the company, for the environment. And we linked it to social projects as well. So without doubt, the biggest impact I've had was working for British Royal Mail, having been given the latitude to develop some high impact projects for that company. So Martin, we are going to move into our final five questions. First one is, what is one social media account that you follow? Well, I'm probably most active on Facebook. So eco-business and corporate citizenship. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? At the moment, it has to be that the appropriate degree of attention is given to single-use plastics, and that what we call ocean-bound plastic is captured and given an appropriate commercial value and upcycled in, in a way so that it never reaches the ocean. It will all, always be upcycled into another product. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help Mama Earth? Avoid single-use plastics. Really, just refuse it. Say, no, I don't want the bag. I don't want the packaging. I don't want my vegetables wrapped in cling film, you know, and 
cut it off and make them dispose of it uh, until the market pressure leads that reform. So absolutely, as a group of individuals collectively refuse single-use plastics. Awesome. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? You may have already heard it if I used it in the um, panel. But basically, the corporate model that has been followed by humans over the last 100 years or so is dictated by corporate law, where that corporate law says that it's a director's duty and the duty of that company to pursue profit. Now, if you actually look at the New York Stock Exchange and see how many companies are still there that were there 100 years ago, the statistic is quite compelling. It's one, which means that that model has a 99% failure rate. Therefore, why do we keep doing it? Why don't companies adopt a triple bottom line and aspire to becoming net positive impact? And then they will be sustainable as opposed to being unsustainable and having a relatively short life. I'm curious to know which company is that? General Electric. Good to know. And Martin, where can people actually find you? I have a website martinblake.com and they can reach me through my professional email address which is blake at blake.sg sg for singapore and i'm on whatsapp feel free to share details i'm not i'm not a reclusive person so if somebody wants to find me they can awesome well we'll link all of that up in the show notes so martin thank you so much for taking time to actually talk to us And I'm sure all of our crazy birds has learned a lot and hopefully we can try and work together. Sure. And and if you would like to be the lady leading Embody in the UAE, feel free to step up or feel free to find somebody who will. I will do. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com and let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.